This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You in? You Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Dr. Trudy Fleer here with the 5G Home Recovery Podcast. Let's discuss a very real existential threat to internet speed. It's a big one. Ready? T-Mobile Home Internet. It lags. Now what is lag? Lag is a delay in data being transmitted across the internet. For example, you're hitting that hot drop, the parachute cuts out, you've got an unsuspecting bot in your sights, and lag! You were actually eliminated 10 seconds ago. Nobody deserves that. So stop letting T-Mobile Home Internet ruin everything and switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash T-MoFacts. Here's Odijay trying to get the better of Risa using good body strength in towards Howard down he goes and Barnsley claiming a penalty there and Martin Atkinson not giving it Decision right at the end of the game in added time. Adijay goes up for it. Away by Carragher. Howard's there once more. Still it's Howard. Still going. Oh yes! He's won it! Cross here, but uh, Van Hummert has come up as well. That is a diagonal cross. It is on a chain.
It's Wednesday at 5 o'clock. This must be time for the Reds Report, your weekly dose of everything Barnsley FC. Um, three people in the studio, but not the normal three that we've got. My name is Carl of Underwatering. Uh, with me is Kyle Walker, the obligatory. No, not that one. <laughs> Kyle, how are we doing? Yeah, not bad, thanks, you. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, guest in the studio, so we are on our best behaviour today. Chris Ridyard. Chris, how are we doing? Good afternoon, Carlo. I'm good, thank you. Are you? Yeah, I think because we're Barnsley fans, we have to be in a good mood, don't we? You know, there's nothing to be said about at the moment, is there? Um, I suppose plenty to talk about today. We've got um, a Crichton result performance and a changed team. We have to spend some time about the match yesterday um, against Sunderland, and then a small matter of a preview of a Doncaster, uh, the match at Doncaster, a Yorkshire derby on Friday, which is incidentally live on Sky. So let's start off then with um, Accrington before um, b- before the match. A lot of talk about what the team would look like because of obviously no key for most of the end of the season. Jacob Brown, red card. The FA decided that whatever. McGeehan did was on purpose, which it clearly wasn't, but it's too late now. And he got a, a, a three-game suspension as well. Now, first question, Kyle. Is it lucky that we play three games in six days and those are the three games that they're suspended for and then the old sort of stretch over, you know, two or three weeks? Or do you say that, that's completely irrelevant? Because it's a big week, this for us, isn't it? Yeah, well, you can look at it either one or two ways. You look at it as, you know, there's three games in six days, which is probably quite a lot for the players to handle. Or you can look at it as... Then three players that are suspended can get that suspension over and done way and back by when we play, is it Walsall? Uh, on the Sky the following week. Yeah. So that's that's the ways you look at it. For me, I think, you know, they're athletes, so three games in, in six days, obviously. It is a lot, but I'm sure they can handle that sort of pressure and McGeehan and Brown will be back for Walsall. Chris, um, obviously two o'clock or whatever, it was an hour before kick-off on the Saturday, the, t- the team came out against Eckrington. Jordan Green... Debut, Kenny Dougal started and he opted for 
Steve Mike Bearer um, sort of playing just behind Woodrow. Is that is that for you? Was that a preferred sort of option starting with Jordan Green, or, or did you expect somebody like Hedges to play? Or no, I um, I believe that the first eleven he picked was the right eleven. Um, Green's uh, energetic uh, display pace. Um, I think he really scared their left back for the full ninety minutes. Um, the three in midfield uh, playing uh, Kenny Dugal. Uh, gave uh, Michael Stephen Barra a lot more room uh, you know a bit more chance to be creative without having to look backwards if that makes sense and uh, obviously it got the job done I, I suppose we're, can we consider ourselves lucky because we've talked before about strength and depth but to be able to put Mike Bearer in and Kenny Dougal is it fair to say that in, in, in many League One teams Kyle they'd probably be first on the team sheet anyway yeah exactly and that's the sort of strength and depth we've got in our squad and you know for them players to get suspended there's always someone that can fill them boots obviously McGinn's had a, a really good run of form until he got that suspension but Barre's coming and he's got his chance and I think he's grabbed it with, with both hands because he's been playing brilliantly talking about Barre has he done enough two matches in to, to keep that place or would you say when McGinn's bands over McGinn will probably I feel like if when McGinn's bands over and he comes straight back into the squad Mike Bearer will feel very hard done by because he, he has been playing really well and I think for the games he's filled in I think it's obviously the last two he's been man of the match performances obviously he hasn't got it but he's been playing brilliantly and obviously him and Jordan Green have that sort of really nice slick style of football and they're very pacey and they both create chances so I suppose when some suspensions are over if, if them two walk straight back into the squad them two players will feel very hard done by yeah, um, is it fair to say when I, when I see um, Green on the wing, Chris, it, it reminds me a bit of a, a Jamel Campbell Rice. It reminds me a bit of a, a Clint Marcel that sort of because he's not the biggest, is he? But then when he's in that area, when the own goal against Accrington, he leaps that high. He he towered everybody. I don't know where he got it from, but that's what he's about. And he's silky, he's pacey, and he comes at you literally at 100 miles an hour every single time he certainly is that yeah and I mean due to his pace you know their defence is sitting much deeper than I've seen away defenders sit in a while and I mean that space then is allowing our midfield you know the, the room to be able to create more chance and opportunity because the back four are dropping deeper and deeper to, to play against that pace you can see that they're, they're fearful of him getting behind them and obviously that gives more chance for others to, to do their business really yeah. John Coleman said afterwards that when Barnsley got possession back from Accrington at times it was like the red arrows coming at you and I suppose if, if you sometimes stand back and just look as a neutral when Barnsley attack it's four or five isn't it everybody sort of comes bumming forward um, the first goal then he doesn't score often Dimitri Cavari um, I can remember was it was it Scunthorpe where he, yeah. he, he got it on the wing and he absolutely he don't do tapping well not many of our team <laughs> do do they um, a lot of talk about Cavari lately because people saying he's stepped up I don't even necessarily stepped up I think it's always been there but at times he shows that he's for me one of the best in, in this league he is so hard to go past and going forward it's almost like an extra man in midfield isn't he yeah he's, he's a really good player and we've, I've not doubted that since you know the day he joined us um, but Barnsley fans are very quick to point out the negatives you know when he had a, he might have had a one one bad game and they're soon quick to point that out rather than the you know 20 odd games that he's played really well in um, and you know that composure the, he had the composure to finish that on Saturday it was a great as, as Chris said earlier a great ball through from Woodrow and it was just a fantastic finish for a full back and I think he's been brilliant this season and I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he got 
you know, an award for like players player of the year, something like that. He's been, I think, he's been a really key player in in our squad this season. Definitely deserves something, doesn't he, Chris? Um, I want to talk about um, Corley Woodrow. When Kiefer, when the news broke that Kiefer Ball was out for the rest of the season, I know Sky Sports interviewed him. Um, Corley Woodrow uh, before the kickoff at the South End match saying I'm not going to put pressure on myself you know the lads will chip in with goals when you then look at who's been scoring goals it has been shared about hasn't it everybody's almost stepped up an extra gear to cover for Kiefer Moore how refreshing is it and who would you like to see scoring more because I know we said Cavari scores and I suppose in this position you don't always expect him to score we talk about Mike Bearer is that the only thing missing from Mike Bearer's sort of game getting the occasional goal because he tries but it's just not happening is it in front of goal yeah I think ultimately if you're going to be at the top end of the league pushing to win the league second uh, minimal hopefully um, <laughs> you're hoping that goals are going to come from across the field you know good teams get goals from everywhere you know and uh, to put all the pressure on the striker with one up front uh, you know it, it is it is a bit ridiculous um, Woodrow's got much more to his game than goals he's such an intelligent player if you keep an eye on him his movement's unbelievable and that's proved we're playing the one up the chances are coming for for other players ultimately and yeah we, 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 I just want them to take them I'm not care who takes them somebody's got to take the chance it would be nice if uh, a few of the wingers uh, added a few more goals to the game but the level of scoring and winning uh, I don't care where they're coming from I was I was talking yesterday I know we'll talk about Sunderland in a bit I was talking to a, a member of staff from Sunderland yesterday who said last time I came here I came to watch Barnsley as a sort of like a scouting report ready to, for, uh, for us to play Sunderland and he said you played with one of the top and that guy, you can't remember who he was, but I think it was under Ackingbottom, I'm not sure. He says he was completely isolated, never really got the ball. When he did get the ball, he couldn't do anything with it. He says it is like a different team. How much do we have to thank either the Lucky Stars, you know, the consortium ever for Daniel Stendhal? Because his philosophy of how to play football, as a Barnsley fan, Chris, you've, you've seen him for years. Is this the best I don't like to see the, the word brand, but this is the best type of football that we've played consistently throughout a season for a long time, or? I, I, yeah, I, I do. I believe that's true, yeah. That's a great statement, Carlo. Ultimately, the manager comes up with the, you know, the idea... Uh, the players have got to buy into that these players have got to be malleable uh, they've got to take it on board you know not, it's not everybody's job people people, you know don't like taking on instructions at times and sometimes people just don't learn as quick as they have I feel these young players have come in they've all bought into it very quickly um, you know and they're learning and you can see they're enjoying it more than anything under Daniel that's just it isn't it I mean the uh, the South End game when we went 1-0 up Cavari running over to Daniel Stendhal and sort of hugging I think that says a lot about you know our team doesn't it Kyle um, most of these players played for us last season and yeah okay we played in a higher league um, at times that football was not great and you know partly maybe of the you know Jose Mourinho's next door neighbours gardener's boyfriend's second cousin or whatever he was um, but we, what is it is it the type of football is it the man what has Daniel Stendhal done because the players are the same except for Mike Bear and Coley Woodrow they're the same players aren't they yeah I think what he's come in and done he's, he's got his own specific type of football he, he, well he likes a young squad as, as obviously there's not a player above the age of 26 and for them to buy into that sort of football so quickly as, as Chris said earlier um, I think it's amazing and I think Stendhal's got that sort of bond with the players not just the players the fans the fans have bought into him really quickly as well we, when we were speaking last week you know that day will come when Stendhal leaves and we'll probably still want to try and play that sort of football and style that he plays and 
I just think he's brought that confidence back into him and he's he's put his faith into those young players and it and it looks like it's paying off. Yeah. Um we're going to play some music in a bit, but before we do, I want to talk about something completely not Barnsley related, but very much football related. Um, Chris, uh, at the weekend, um, Arsenal, Man United, uh, fan goes onto the pitch and goes to Chris Smalling. Nothing really happens, but he gets dragged off the pitch. I think the major talking point throughout the world of football in the UK on Sunday, I believe, wasn't it? Um, Second City Derby. Birmingham host Aston Villa. A fan runs onto the pitch, goes up to Jack Grealish and sort of hits him from behind. How would you like to see that being dealt with? If that was at Barnsley and a play and, and, and a fan came on, like whenever, luckily, you know, it doesn't happen. Because people are saying, you know, he, he wasn't dealt with in the right way and, you know, he only got... I, I can tell you from sort of experience, if, if you have a fight in the town centre, you'd be very hard done by to get 14 weeks locked up. This fan got 14 weeks in a, a lifelong ban. How can this be resolved in football? Or is there a way of getting it resolved? Uh, I think... Um like anything life and education's the way forward um we can only educate people to a certain extent and then it comes down to to life choices doesn't it um in terms of the football you've got to if you punish somebody you hit them where it hurts if he's a massive uh, football fan to me he don't watch another football game again in his life and then make an example of somebody like that and, and people may think twice again <laughs> people were saying um, it should be a point deduction for Birmingham because he's a Birmingham fan you think that would stop fans running on the pitch because there'd not be an impact just to them but maybe to the club that they support as well or would that be seen as unfair yeah I think that'd be unfair and, and to be honest I think if you are willing to run on a football pitch you're not in the correct mind for him anyway or mindset you're not thinking about that whatsoever and then to punish the the other thousands of supporters that are impeccable behaved weekend weekend you know week in week out kind of thing will probably be wrong yeah and for you talking point of the week Kyle um supposed to opposites Bolton um stayed up in the league um on our expense <laughs> dare I say last season all the talk coming from Bolton is players not getting paid, people not turning up, there's no food, there's no this in a real mass. And then a complete opposite to that, Bloomfield Road, the fans have got the club back, sold out, there was a pitch invasion, which makes me laugh as being investigated. I know they're not right, but come on. They've waited 1,500 days to go and watch their club, at least allow them. Um, your thoughts on Bolton and, and the opposite to Blackpool. Let's start with Blackpool. How good is it for the football world that Blackpool fans can watch Blackpool again and have an owner, a board, a consortium, whatever you want to call it, that are interested in football and not the money? Yeah, I think it just shows that this is a case where the fans really have got their voice heard. Um, this, they, I think it's been four years that they've waited. And can you, can you put yourself in their shoes and, you know, staying away from Barnsley for four years, it's just so difficult to imagine. Um so I just think this is a, a real win for the fans and I'm just and I think it's really good to see that their fans are back. The town's buzzing. The football club aren't far off the playoffs either and uh, it's really good for the footballing world to see. What about Bolton? Bolton have been a club that have been struggling financially for a few years now. Um and it's another another where the owners have gone bad. You know, we've seen many clubs like Blackpool, uh, Lytton Orient, they were on the verge of getting to the Championship, they're stuck in the National League, obviously top of the table, but um, there's been many clubs where owners have really done a, a bad job on the club, and I think this is another case where it's happened. Yeah, we're going to play some music, and just, uh, if you're listening, something to think about. In the year Barnsley were relegated, we lost 152,000 as a club over the year. Wolves got promoted, they made a loss. Of 52 million. This is for the fans. The vibe. Come on, come on, come on, come on. 
Maybe I'm foolish and maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put your blame on me Take a look in the mirror What do you see? Do you see it clearer? Or are you deceived? In what you believe Cause I'm only human after all And you're only human after all Don't put the blame on me Don't put your blame on me me to lie and beg for forgiveness for making you cry for making you cry cause I'm only human after all I'm only human after all don't put your blame on me don't put the blame on me The Reds Report on The Vibe Sponsored by Opium The number one indie bar in Barnsley
Travis, why does it always rain on me? Question we were asking yesterday, Kyle. <laughs> Waving those flags yeah. in front of him. Um, right, let's talk Sunderland then. This was probably the match, I think, for many fans that they've been looking forward to, really, from when the fixtures came out in, in, in July or whenever it was um, last year. Suppose Because of we're second, day third, even more importance to it. Um, Kyle, let's start. Line-up, unchanged. Bench, starting eleven. Your thoughts? Don't change a winning team, or did you think some of them against Accrington maybe, you know, would have benefited from a rest or somebody better in their position? No, I think I, I'm a strong believer. You know, you do, I wouldn't change a winning side, as, and especially as well as the, as well as they played against Accrington. Um, yeah, I expected same side as Barra Green coming in for Cameron McGinn and and uh, Brown as well. So yeah, I think 
I think it's the right decision. Don't change a winning side, and yeah. Chris, um, I, I'll be honest. I looked at the Sunderland side, and I knew a couple of names. But you know, you know your Catamols, you know your McGeady, you know the the they're very good, you know the Max Power. Um, let's break it down. Then the first half. First of all, the conditions inside Aquell. Well, nobody could help it. It was extremely windy. Did that work in our benefit? First half, did you feel? Um, no, I don't think it worked in our benefit. All first half, or second half. Um, when we're on the ball, I mean, we, we play a lot of passing football on the floor, Barnsley. You know, a lot of one touch. I think we had 25 minute spell in the first half yesterday we were, we were impeccable and, you know someone couldn't get near us despite having Ledbetter and Catamol in central midfield um, I think it affected us defensively I think uh, Pinnock was out of sorts I think it could be due to the weather and they were playing a lot, on, a lot of long balls someone. I think it's two of them because they knew that we were the better team yeah. the better football inside yesterday they knew that yeah I think there was a lot of reaction on social media from Sunderland fans well I say a lot I've seen at least four or five saying we're never going to get promoted if this is the type of football we play because I had it with Portsmouth earlier in the year Portsmouth were flying they came to Oakwell I thought they were shocking I thought absolutely shocking Sunderland came yesterday the, the press area was never so full. I thought why there's so many but obviously they're making another documentary so they're following them around again so there were like six cameras for this and four cameras for that I thought the type of football they played they never really took it I, I can't remember anybody going past you know a Kenny Dougal a Mowat it seemed to be high balls and, and, and go and chase it Kyle is that disappointing? From a team like Sunderland, where you you, th- you think of the parachute payments they still get, you think of the support they get, the stadium, the facilities, and it's a bit of like hoof it and chase it football, isn't it? Yeah, I've not watched Sunderland a lot this season, and when they came last night, I were expecting a lot more than what what they gave. To be honest, it was like you said, very much long balls played, and you know it's like a hit and hope, and it hoping that Barnsley might make a mistake, the wind might blow it in their favour, and it. it it wasn't great to watch and you can see why Sunderland fans are thinking if they sit playing that sort of football then they you know they w- probably won't get promoted but you couldn't you couldn't imagine that football in the championship either if they got, if they did get promoted so i don't know if it's jack ross's style of play or whatever whatever but yeah i can see why the sunderland fans are disappointed with the way that the side play um chris Barnsley yesterday how, how did we we could, but you, you talked before about Pinnock and looked a bit out of sorts defensively we've been absolutely awesome we were the first side yesterday to stop Sunderland scoring I mean the, the, it, it just goes on and on doesn't it for Barnsley what was missing yesterday for Barnsley to, to win that game what was lacking was it the conditions was it maybe you know somebody with a bit of confidence was it shots from outside the area was there anything that you thought was missing or was it just one of those matches where we cancelled each other out in the final third and it was a fair result yeah I think uh, I think that you're, you're probably about right there Carlo I mean in, in games like that you can only defend as well as we did you know we couldn't have done anything more than keep a clean sheet I think you're hoping that somebody just comes up with that bit of spark that bit of magic you know that pinches you the game and wins it um, obviously we played Luton at home early on season won 3-2 didn't we yeah. I mean Mamadou came up with that, that <laughs> wonderful strike and they're the kind of goals that, that change games into, you know drawing games into three points and just yesterday we just didn't come up with that bit of quality in that final third um, I don't think you could have asked for much more from the lads uh, you know, you're looking for that bit of quality or that bit of luck, and unfortunately, it didn't come last night. But you know, we didn't lose, and ultimately, we it was a good point in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Psychologically, Kyle, is it that point a better point for us than it was for them? Yeah, I'd say so. Definitely, I think. You know, we before the game, I think we'd have took a point, they'd have took a point. It's that sort of game where you're expecting both sides to sort of cancel each other out, and and it turned out to be that way, and and the weather did play play a big part in it, but. Yeah, I think 
you know, you can look at it from both both perspectives. Barnsley are happy with the point, Sunderland are happy with the point, because Sunderland coming to work will all be aware of that unbeaten home record that we've got, and and obviously we were aware that they'd scored in every game. So you look at them sort of stats, and I'm sure that both sides are happy with that point last night. It's it, and looking at the table, Chris. It, it's quite clear that it's probably between I'd say three teams for the top two spots because it, you know a gap is developing. I'm just going to talk you through the fixtures that um, Luton and, and and Sunderland have got, and let's sort of compare it with our running. So, Chris, for you, Sunderland still I, I, it doesn't say home and away, but they still got to play Walsall. Fleetwood, Burton, Rochdale, Coventry, Accrington, Doncaster, Peterborough, Portsmouth, Southend, and then a checker trade, whatever it's called these days, final <laughs> against Portsmouth as well. So they've still got 11 matches in total to play, 10 in the league, because they've got a match obviously in uh, Lessoners and this final. When you look at away at Accrington, that's, that's not been an easy sort of place for, for all the teams to come. They've still got to play Peterborough. Now, I know Peterborough have gone off it a bit, but they are a difficult side to break down. They've still got to play Portsmouth, um, Walsall. So the last four matches, Doncaster, Peterborough, Portsmouth, Thailand. That's not a running hard one. No, no. And I mean, ultimately, looking at what them teams are actually... Uh, fighting for what? What are they actually playing for? You're hoping that come to back in the season. They're still playing for something, you know. They're not on the beach already. <laughs> um, and I mean Portsmouth uh, at the time of speaking now, I believe are two points behind Sunderland. Uh, okay, Sunderland have got a game in hand, but in Portsmouth, mind they put a good run together. They're still in and amongst it. Yeah. So to go, I think are they away at Portsmouth? Is that right? Yeah. I'd, I'd believe so. No, they're, they're oh, at home, Sunderland they're to Portsmouth. Sunderland at home to Portsmouth. Yeah. I mean, even still, Portsmouth are playing for something, aren't exactly, they? Yeah. Ultimately, and they could overtake them. Yeah. And I suppose people have seen yesterday that Barnsley was obviously the first team to stop them scoring. Other coaches, whoever they're playing next, will be looking at them saying, This is what they did. Now, it's very hard because of the style of play we've got, but I suppose there is a bit of a formula to stop. A team like like Sunderland scoring Portsmouth then because uh, Portsmouth sort of still in Portsmouth still got to play Scunthorpe, Shrewsbury, Peterborough, Wickham, Rochdale, Burton, Coventry, Sunderland, and Accrington. Kyle, your thoughts on that running? Uh, well, I suppose no. E- there's no easy game in in any league, uh, but I think the running that they've got compared to Sunderland's is slightly better. But again, you look at the likes of Rochdale; they're still fighting for their you know League One status. Um, Wickham, they, they're not they're not in and amongst relegation, but they're not safe as of yet. So, you know, them sort of games are still something to play for for both sides. So, you know, you never know. Yeah, and then to compare that to ours, um, sorry, Luton, Luton's got Gillingham, Doncaster, Bristol Rovers, Blackpool, Charlton, Accrington, Wimbledon, Burton, and Oxford. Now, to me, and you know. Doncaster, Blackpool, Charlton. Obviously, we had a Doncaster we were going to talk about in a bit. It's still between those three teams, and just because we lost ground yesterday on Luton, Chris, it's it's still possible, isn't it? We should still be focusing on because there's nothing saying we can't finish champions. No, not not one bit. And I mean, you know, we come we could be sitting here Saturday at six o'clock, and you know, it turns again, hasn't it? You know, somebody loses, somebody wins. That's a three point, you know, change around, and you're right back in it. Um, like you say, Luton have got some difficult game. Charlton being been one, um, it would be nice to see Luton drop points, and we'll try and make it to you know three horse race for two places. You know, uh, there's much more chance of getting promoted if, if that were to happen. Yeah, we, we talked off air about the results yesterday, Kyle, and um, 
you'd have taken it beforehand. You know, a point of Sunderland at home. There's no disgrace. It's it. They're the ones chasing us, so there's, there's no difference in 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 points, so to speak. Our goal difference is, is superior than theirs anyway. You then look at the achievement of this team so far. I mean, we mentioned it before. We're the first team after Arsenal to go a full season unbeaten at home. I mean, that, that that's fifty-two weeks. That that's impressive, isn't it? We were the first team to um, stop looting, scoring and, and take points off at Kenilworth Road because they'd won everything at Kenilworth Road. We're the first team yesterday to stop uh, Sunderland scoring. What's next? Are there any other records that we could go for? Well, exactly. I think we've got that never say die attitude, and, and I'm sure that our main aim will be trying to win the league there's nothing saying that we can't there's five points in it and I think it is it 18 games we're unbeaten now yeah that that's a fantastic achievement and I think when we lost to Wickham which is last time we lost I think we dropped to seventh in the table so that rise up to that second spot like you said there's there's no limits to what we can achieve this season and I think with the attitude and mentality that Stendhal brings to the side there's no reason to say why we can't Chris, am I? Is it fair to say that actually, if we had a fully fit squad, this was the least what was expected anyway? But given the injury to Kiefer Moore, given the three match ban to like McGee and to Brown in such a crucial period, are we overachieving maybe a little bit, or is it just the strength of the squad that we can bring these young people, you know, these young players on and they perform? Yeah, I think it would start seeing if it's how we got now. It would have took a while to get going and, and maybe build that confidence. But you know, confidence breeds results, yeah. uh, and therefore it. Really, it just keeps rolling. It snowballs, doesn't it? And all right, we've, we've lost Keith more. We've lost Cameron again for you know for a, you know another game, and then we've got Jacob Brown out for one more game. But the confidence is still there. Yeah. Coming into a winning side is much more different than coming into a side that's struggling to pick up points, as we saw back in the last season. You know, coming into that side, uh, much more difficult. Cavare coming into a, you know a losing team last season, he really struggled, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You look at him now; he's flourishing. You know, in a side full of confidence and. It must be much easier for the lights of green coming into this team uh, and just enjoying the football and you know picking up results and yeah keeping, and then, keeping the ball rolling. Yeah, and we had you know Winkler was very much seen as the mentor of the group, the man the, the man management and everything. He went and Dale Tong's coming obviously done a, a good job because it's been seamless, hasn't it? Any, anything that's happened, it's just been seamless and there's been no bad effect from everything. Because you could say, well, Keith Moore, I could really dent. You know who else have we got? Well, that was sorted. Winkler went within a few days. So let's give it to Dale Tong and he comes over as you know. I, I, I know Dale. Like, I've seen him play. I've seen him manage the you know the under 18s, the under 16s. As a first team assistant head coach, I'm doing an awesome job, absolutely awesome. And I just, it's such a good time, isn't it, to, to, to be a Barnsley fan. From a Stendhal point of view, though, Kyle, McGeehan comes back, Brown comes back. How do you keep these players happy? Well, Jordan Williams has made a couple of cameo appearances lately, you know, coming on yesterday, came up against Accrington. People saying, well, actually. Does all right, you know, didn't do bad. I think going forward, Paul's a different sort of threat than what Jordan Green did. Um, is that a nice problem to have and one for Stendhal to solve, or is there a risk that people, if they don't get first team football, will actually start looking, um, you know, to, to, to take the trade elsewhere? It's one of them again where you can look at it from two sort of angles. It's you know, one of the angles is it's healthy competition for the squad, everyone's fighting to keep a place in the squad, to get a place in the squad and they'll bring everything they can to try and get into the squad uh, but then again you look at the flip side where the players that aren't getting played might get a bit frustrated and might you know, want to move on if they're not getting first team football but it, if, you, if you're going to get suspended you've got you've to be prepared to take on that 
the players that come in might have a really good run of form and keep you out of the side. That's just the competition that's in the squad and the strength and depth we've got. You've, you've got to expect that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, uh, we, we spoke last week that the uh, Barnsley manager and a player were um, nominated for several awards, you know, Corley Woodrow, Daniel Stendhal. Both awards went to Sunderland, and since then they've they've managed two draws. You know, a hundred and fifteenth minute, whatever it was, against Wickham, and uh, you know, red card came to Orgwell yesterday, left empty-handed. Um, is 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 that a good thing, Daniel Strandel, sort of going under the radar? Because it took quite some time, didn't it, for him to get recognised as as the manager he is? Because, like you said, we've been unbeaten since early December. This is the first time anybody has sort of put him up for any sort of reward. Yeah, I think it, well, we've spoke. He's gone under the radar, but. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing you know it keeps us quiet keeps us going and I think when he gets that recognition you know you know the sort of nominee syndrome where the game after you you tend to lose etc I think it's all about the mentality and the fact that he is under the radar I think it favours us more yeah Chris uh, news broke yesterday that Adam Davies and um yeah, Hedges, Ryan Hedges have been uh, called up for the Wales squad, so they'll, they're going to miss the Walsall game. Um, and, and not be Hedges has not really been, you know, uh, getting many minutes. I mean, he came out Accrington for the last three minutes or whatever it was. Didn't didn't get any minutes yesterday. Adam Davies, captain, clean sheet champion, eighteen clean sheet. Am I right in thinking so far this season? Um, leader, first choice goalkeeper by you know a country mile. Is that going to be a big miss? Or actually, should we say, you know what? Every time somebody's not been able to play, whoever stepped up has done well. We've seen J- uh, Jack Walton earlier in the season did all right, you know. You know, so should we just have confidence that actually Jack Walton, given the chance, will do a good job, or will this be a big, big miss? No, I am um, full confident in Jack Walton. Uh, when I've seen him play, he's uh, he's always produced good performances. He's not erratic. He's you know he's uh, an old head on young shoulders, uh, keeps his feet on the ground, and you know he's a good decision maker. And ultimately, the clean sheets that Davis um, has taken. That comes down to a lot of work from other players. It's not just the goalkeeper. Yeah, he's a great shot stopper, but that comes from the organisation of the back two, the centre half, the right back, the left back, the defensive midfield. It all comes from winning the ball high up the pitch and you know decreasing chances for the the opponents. Um, I think I read a fact regarding Pinnock and, uh, and Lindsay. Uh, the games that they start together, I believe it's just under half of the games that they've started together. Uh, we've uh, had a clean sheet, so I think. I think regardless, I think you might be able to stand behind them to uh, Carlo and probably keep a clean sheet. <laughs> I, I won't go that far. You haven't seen me play, have you? <laughs> <laughs> um, just before we have a break then, and we start looking forward to the South Yorkshire Derby on Friday evening. Um, from both on you, Carl, you first. Um, Liam Lindsay voted as man of the match. Um, nothing against that. I think he was absolutely enormous. I think there were other people as well yesterday that really, really stood out. Who was your man of the match and why? Um, or was it Liam? I, I think Mike Bearer I think he's been unlucky in not getting it for the two games he's played but yeah I'm not saying Liam Lindsay didn't deserve it because nothing got past him he, he was fantastic last night but I think Barnsley, Barnsley, Mike Bearer the, he was the centre of attention when every time he went forward he had that he took it and he created well he created chances so yeah I think Mike Bearer for me I think he's just a very creative player For you Chris? Uh, yeah I think Liam Lindsay was man of the match Um as I highlighted, but I think uh, Dimi Cavare, I think it's probably like his best game in a, in a red shirt. To be honest, it was it was solid, uh, you know, very clever and, and intercepted a lot of balls, and as always a threat going forward from right back. Yeah, um, I I agree with him both. I, I hope that before the end of the season, 
as Barnsley fans in a home match, we vote Danny Pinney lost. <laughs> I almost feel sorry for him. He's, he, I think because he goes unnoticed, you almost forget that he's playing. But he's just solid, isn't he? he, he I know yeah. he's Spanish, but he's like a Yorkshire Terrier. You know when they're round your ankle and they won't let go? <laughs> it, it's a bit yeah. like that, isn't it? Right, we'll play some music and then we start looking forward to the small matter of a South Yorkshire derby at the Keep Mode on Friday. This is for the fans. The vibe. This is the last time that I will say these words. I remember the first time, the first of many lives. Some whiskey in your water 
sugar in your tea What's all these crazy questions they're asking me This is the craziest party that could ever be Don't turn on the lights cause I don't want to see Mama told me not to come Mama told me not to come She said that ain't no way to have fun I said Open up the window, let some air to this room I think mama's choking from the smell of stale perfume And the cigarette you're smoking about to scare me half to death Open up the window, let me catch my breath Mama told me not to come Mama told me not to come She said That ain't no way to have fun Son That ain't no way to have fun Son, son, son The radio was blasting the sun Someone's knocking at the door I'm looking at my girlfriend She just passed out on the floor I've seen so many things I ain't never seen before Don't know what it is But I don't want to see no more Mama told me not to come Mama told me not to come Mama told me she said That ain't no way to have fun Nothing wrong with a bit of Tom Jones on a Wednesday <laughs> afternoon, is there? Um, right, Kyle, that time of week again. We're playing again. It's th- three games, six days. It flies, doesn't it? Um, we've had a Crington. Past that, flying colours, I'd say. Sunderland, probably the same, you know. Is this the most difficult one of the three, do you reckon? Uh, I mean, it's not an easy one um, by any stretch. And of course, it's a derby, and, and as everyone says, form goes out the window. So I hope not. I mean, I hope not. <laughs> uh, but it's not, it's definitely not an easy one. But I think it'll be one of them where, you know, you feel like we'd need to win it if you know what I mean, and we'll all be up for that. Yeah, um, Chris. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I talked to Daniel Stendel during a, a fan engagement, and I asked him who he thought was the best footballing side, and his words were that. The our home game against Luton was one of the best that we've done, but he's, he's and this is three four weeks ago. He said that Doncaster plays you know the, the best football in the league. Um, you've been to home matches. 
Is, is, is that right? Do you think Doncaster are playing-wise one of the better teams in the league? They might not get the results, but... Daniel said that Doncaster are the best footballing team in the league. Yeah. I think Barnsley are. <laughs> yeah. um, Doncaster, yeah. Doncaster, I would agree, a, a very close second. I saw them at Oatwell, um, and they were they were really good. Uh, we, we were struggling to close them down. You know, our games are you know high pressing, and uh, we relying on teams to make mistakes in, in their own final third and, and and win it there and see what we can do. But Doncaster were immense under pressure, yeah. and they handled it very well. And uh, I think it's gonna be incredibly difficult on Friday. Not easy, isn't McCann's gone and playing some some decent some decent football. What's the form like, Kyle? Uh, not not too good recently. They're winless in five, uh, drawing three, losing two ice. Um, they drew last night uh, away to Blackpool one one. Them losses came against Shrewsbury away, which obviously Barnsley did that earlier in the season, and uh, to AFC Wimbledon who were rock bottom, but they're fighting for their life. So it. I agree. It will be a, an hard game. He's got some. When they did come to Oakle, I thought they were one of the best sides I've seen, and I thought we were the lucky one to uh, get a point out of that. I think they were a really, really good side. So, you know, the form isn't good, but you know, you never know in a derby game. It'll be a really good atmosphere. And it's weird, isn't it? Because it's a Friday night. It's on telly. It's our third game, and I suppose because of the the suspensions we've got and Kiefer Moore being out. We're probably more predictable in in you know our starting eleven because I would presume barring any injuries it'll probably be the same eleven again which gives Duncan something to think about. On the plus side, it was a full program yesterday in League One, so they haven't had any more time to rest or, or whatever. Um, more of the same, I'm surely, Chris. We just go, we just do what we do, we go and get three points and. Everybody happy. <laughs> <laughs> if it was that simple, uh, yeah, it'd be wonderful if we could get three points. I mean, someone don't play well the Saturday. Obviously, he said they got Walsall. Um, if we can, you know, get the three points and pile the pressure on Sunderland, points in the bank uh, better than games in hand any day of the week. So. Oh, definitely, and and for Luton as well, isn't it? Knowing that if 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 we even if it's just for you know overnight almost the three o'clock, but if we close that gap again, it puts the pressure on them to perform. Um, Who's, who, for you, Chris, who's, who's the danger man? Is it Marcus? Because I just call him Mister Offside whenever I see him. That's what he seems to stray. Who was or who stands out for you in the, in the Doncaster side? Yeah, I think Marcus is, is always on the shoulder, isn't he? Of the, uh, the defenders, you know, he, he likes to run into the channels and you know we need to keep a close eye on him. But like I said before, I have full confidence in our, in our back five. You know, the goalkeeper in the back four. Uh, I think uh, we'll nullify him. It's just where we can come up with that bit of magic at the other end. Yeah. Uh, we want up top and. We shall see. Yeah. What's the lad called from Liverpool who's on loan? Because he, he impressed me in, in spells. Is it Kane? Yeah, Todd. Is it Todd? Her- Herb. Herbie Kane, sorry. Herb, Herbie yeah. <laughs> just just yeah. Kane. It showed flashes of why he's at Liverpool when, when they played at Orkwell. Um, is that a job for Mowat? <laughs> so it's like, he's yours? I, I suppose so, yeah. Uh, just try and snuff out the danger and his sort of attacking mentality to get forward. Uh, I think one to look out for, which not many had mentioned, is uh, James Coppinger. I know he's 36, 37, but his assist tally this season has been phenomenal and it seems like he partners really well with Marquis. His assist into the box for Marquis to head him in, get him, tap him in, you know. So I think he's one that goes under the radar quite a lot for, just because of his age and he's still got it in him. It, it reminds me a bit of Bobby Assel when he played for us, that he was never mentioned as like the dangerman or whatever, but actually I watched, um, was it Crystal Palace, the FA Cup match, yeah. they were on a Sunday or whatever, and obviously, you know, he played, I 
And for a 36-year-old, I'll tell you what, he's only 11 years <laughs> younger than me, but I'll tell you what, he, he, he can still move, can't he? Oh, yeah. He's not in there because he's played for him for so long. He's in there on merit and, and, and on fitness. And I suppose at times... We've got a very young squad. If you've got a player like that, Chris, with that bit of experience, that that can make a difference, can't it? Because experience is not something you can make up in pace or anything else. It's about, you know, keeping a cool head. Oh, yes, certainly. And, and like, like Kyle alluded to earlier, it's a derby match. You know, a cool head need to prevail, ultimately. And, and yeah, you know, I, I would argue that 80%, probably 90% of the games played, you know, in the, in the head, so to speak. Uh, Intelligent players, regardless, will always will always be relevant and always be important in teams. You can have as many legs as you as you like. Um, a friend of mine that we play football, we uh, we call him uh, speedboat, no uh, no driver kind of thing. <laughs> uh, you know, and you've, you've got to have that head, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And it's about intelligence. And I think at times um, we, we talked about Bear earlier on. I think at times it, it was about decision making, wasn't it? That that led him down. I thought um, TM. Sometimes he wants to go past that extra man rather than passing it. Overall, when we talked off air earlier about if, if this was the end of the season, this is one of the very first times where I'm thinking, well, actually, you could give it to anybody in that player of the year. It could go to anyone, can't it? People are big Mowat fans, and Mowat does. He, he works, he works hard, and he's he's one of them ugly players that you never want to face. You know what I mean? But then you look at a penny loss. You look at Liam Lindsay. You look at Ethan Pinnock, Kyle. I mean. I know for players it's a nice accolade to get, isn't it? You know, that sort of award. It's going to be some disappointed faces, isn't it? Because I think it'll be extremely close because for the first time in a long time, all the players that are playing, because Mike Baird is on a season-long loan with an option to buy, there's been times when the player of the year went to somebody that we had on loan, which I think is, you know, as a fan that hurts you a bit because your best player is not actually yours. If there was one right now, who would, who would be your... Player of, player of season <clears throat> I think um, You could I'd choose one uh, Either or one Central defender Pinnock or Lindsay I think They've helped I know we've got The clean sheet Best in, in the In the division But I think that's Partly down to Those two Central defensive partners And I'd, I'd be really happy For one of them To get it But like you said One of them's going to be Let down in the squad And there will be some Upset, upset players Because Everyone's contributed To this fantastic season That we're having Um Quite a few people last year um, calling out Adam Davies, uh, Chris, about, you know, distribution or... Adam Davies is, 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 like every other player, it's like 30% on what he did last season. Absolutely solid, fantastic save again yesterday. How much is he being helped by having that settled back four? Because you can name the back four for any match now, can't you, for Barnsley? You know who's going to start. Is, is, is that what contributed to Adam, Adam Davies actually being, I don't know, more secure or a more vocal or a better keeper because the back four are doing their job and he's not getting all the pressure yet to deal, deal with last season? Of course, yeah, having, having that same set of back four, it, it breeds confidence. Uh, communication as well is, is, is high and miscommunication at the back and it's pivotal, you're going to concede ultimately. And, and again, it comes, about, it comes down to the coaching staff and they can clearly see they've got great belief in Adam Davies. And, you know, he's, he's obviously a confidence player. Playing in a poor team last year, yeah. you know, he, he didn't have that confidence. Playing in a confident team this year, he's got it, hasn't yeah. he? And, and ultimately, he's a leader, he's our captain, and you know, he's, he's the older, he's the older statesman in the team, which is weird to weird to say. What is he? Twenty seven? Is he? Twenty six? Twenty seven? Yeah. Which is uh, yeah. So yeah, he's had a great contribution, had a great season so far, and I mean, we've talked about you know individual uh, accolades and player of the season, disappointed players and stuff. 
I guarantee none of them will be disappointed if we uh, if we're in second or first no, come, no. come the last game of the season. Done. Um, just one point on what you just said actually about communication because right, yesterday I remember I think it was um, Kenny Dougal got the ball and he passed it straight to theirs and that formed one of theirs attacks and, and, and Davis had to make a save nobody shouts at each other they all go up and they do a high five or a f- you know the fist bump or, or whatever I suppose that shows where the mindset is it's not about blame is it it's about working for each other if they have that ball that gig and press or whatever they call it if they have that ball as a unit to try and get it back whoever so nobody's really at fault for anything. It's everybody's duty to get it back, kind of thing. That 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 almost seems to motto, the, the motto within this playing squad, doesn't it? Because I remember last year, if somebody made a mistake, they were shouting, they were finger pointing, and all that. This year, it it it's just a real unit. Just a shame it took a German to get that, isn't it? You know, being Dutch. Yeah. They asked me yesterday, are you Dutch? Do you like Dutch? He's my favourite German. Of course he is. Used to be Nena, ninety nine Luftballons. <laughs> it's Daniel Standel now. I'm telling you, um, right. Uh, look at this 30, 30 seconds to go Kyle Barnsley away at Doncaster At the keep mount Quarter to eight kickoff is it Live on Sky What's it going to be out? Not just the outcome I want the outcome And who's going to score the first Barnsley goal Like we normally do on our Twitter <laughs> um, Tight game again I'm going to go for 1-0 again to Barnsley uh, Woodrow 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 Chris I mean you can't win anything if you get it right. <laughs> but if you do, we'll mention you next week again. <laughs> oh, lovely. That'd be nice. <laughs> 1-0. Liam Lindsay, 93rd minute. That'll do Carnage. Me. Scenes. I, when I came in today, I, I thought 2-1 to Barnsley with a late goal. So to say. But actually, how, seeing how we defended yesterday, I'm going, I, I'm going for 2-0. And I think Mowat, being a Doncaster lad, living in Doncaster... His family, a lot of them being Doncaster fans, he might just seal it for us. So, well, that, that was it. That's an hour gone. That went quick, didn't it? I'm telling you. If my wife talks to me for an hour, it feels like, you know, it's like three weeks almost. But we talk football here. Um, Kyle, thank you very much. Are you, are you going Friday to yes. keep mode? Right. Stay safe. Enjoy yourself. Behave yourself. <laughs> Chris, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Now, if you're ever off again, let me know and come in. It's oh, what we yeah. like, isn't it? It, it? It's a bit like in the pub. We have alcohol, bar, Fun. drinks, music. <laughs> 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 thank you very much for coming in. Uh, we'll be back next week where we'll be discussing our fantastic 3-0 win away at Doncaster. And we'll be looking forward to... Um, Balls all the way, which is another game on Sky. Um, back next week, live or five on the vibe. This is for the fans. The vibe. Follow us on Twitter at the vibe Barnsley. Dr. Trudy Fleer here with the 5G Home Recovery Podcast. Let's discuss a very real existential threat to internet speed. It's a big one. Ready? T-Mobile Home Internet. It lags. Now, what is lag? Lag is a delay in data being transmitted across the internet. For example, you're hitting that hot drop, the parachute cuts out, you've got an unsuspecting bot in your sights, and lag! You were actually eliminated 10 seconds ago. Nobody deserves that. So stop letting T-Mobile Home Internet ruin everything and switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash T-MoFacts. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McDonald's share boxes ready to go. Ian's already got booked for double dipping. And Steve has stolen the last nugget. You're snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? You reds? At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.